The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Over the last couple of days, we've been hearing about this, and I've certainly seen it on my Facebook feed. Uh, some black bears, uh, you know, maybe waking up and. Um, finding some bird feeders that they're hungry about. And we saw, you know, what happened in uh, a St. Albert backyard uh, over the weekend. A black bear there was tranquilized, then fell out of a tree. It was injured. It had to be euthanized. Uh, As I mentioned, I've seen lots of pictures on social media of uh, bears in people's neighborhoods. It can be a challenge, as you know, when wildlife and humans collide. And to chat more about this, we're joined by Nissa Peterson. She is a conservation specialist with the Alberta Wilderness Association. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Thanks so much for having me. So, you know what, when you when you see, you know, the story that, that happened uh, on, on the weekend out of St. Albert, uh, that, that bear got into the backyard, had troubles getting out, climbed a tree, um, you know, Fish and Wildlife called, and, you know, what ensued from there, you know, it was tranquilized, fell out of a tree, it was injured. What goes through your mind about uh, how that was handled and maybe is there a better way? Um, I think they did the best they could. You know, it's it's unfortunate that it ended the way that it did, but um, many of our urban settings have wilderness areas pretty much right at our doorstep. So it's not uncommon to see animals just meandering through our cities trying to get from point A to point B. So um, I think, unfortunately, this black bear just kind of got caught up in the Uh wrong spot and didn't really know how to navigate through such a, um, you know, such a community. So I think it's important that as communities we try to remember that it's a shared landscape so we share it with animals and that if we can find ways to facilitate their movement more easily through our our urban settings then that's probably going to be best for everyone. Is there any ideas on how to do that Nissa? Um, I think it just comes down to uh, land management decisions. So, you know, a lot of our cities are facing um, quite a bit of urban sprawling into some of these wilderness areas. So there's going to be a lot more overlap. And I think the best way that we can do this is just try to incorporate as many green spaces and, and have those spaces connected within within our uh, cities. So we some, some cities already have a lot of natural features that allow mm-hmm. animals to move from point A to point B. They're kind of like little um, animal highways, you could think of them in that sense. But so we're talking about like valleys or rivers and even yeah. parks that that are connected that animals can get from one point to another without, you know, running into too much conflict with people. You know what, uh, I live uh, fairly close to uh, the North Saskatchewan River, kind of in, a, in an area where they're they're hoping that there's going to be a, a park named there soon. Um, I, I live in a, in a little area where it's, you know, kind of right on the edge of the city. When I moved out there, I was just surrounded by farmers' fields, and there were deer, and there was coyotes, and we yeah. even had a moose show up, you know, a couple of <laughs> times and you know to be honest with you there's there's a huge subdivision you know coming down uh you know coming down the roadway and within the next 10 years it's going to be a whole new subdivision and and you know and i know then you know it's part of growth and all that sort of stuff but maybe it's the soft spot in me maybe it's the animal lover in me and i think okay well what about all of these animals that are getting pushed out of the region or are getting hit by the vehicles or are getting you know um you know put down because they're in someone's backyard and and i know for some people they're going, okay, Jay, you know, that's just a big old sob story. Stop being such a softie. It's a part of, you know, a, a community developing. But I think that there's got to be better ways. And, and as you mentioned, you know, maybe these, you know, having more green spaces is, is a big part of that. 
Yeah, and and that is what we're we're looking at with you know urban sprawling communities. A lot of those areas are overlapping with animal ranges, and those animals are becoming displaced, right? So they're just trying to figure out you know what exactly is going on, and and they get caught up in all the confusion too. So I think if we at the initial stage really look at our land use decisions and think, okay, you know, these are what we see historically, these are wildlife species that we see historically in these areas, you know, how can we accommodate them so that, you know, we are sharing this landscape fairly because, again, you know, we're going into their space and they're just trying to navigate. You know, my, my friends live out in Toefield, and I and I get that that's not necessarily, you know, it's not a big city, and they, they have a, a big patch of land, and their bird feeder has been demolished yeah. over the past uh, two weeks. Uh, a black bear kind of kind of kept showing up, kept showing up, and, I mean, you got to remember these things are powerful, and, uh, you know, obviously they're hungry. Are there things that we should be doing or not doing around our, our, our yards to, to, um, to make sure that maybe we're not attracting some of these critters who might be in the region yeah so it's springtime in alberta so everything that's out and about right now is hungry okay. <laughs> so they're uh, most animals that you know end up in urban settings are just trying to take advantage of, of as many opportunities as they possibly can and there are a lot of attractants in our cities and communities that will draw animals in even closer so like you said the bird feeders that's a big thing um you know, we have like our garbage and recycling and compost. Those can potentially attract animals. Uh, pet food is another big one. Um, even certain plants and shrubs, depending on where you live, you should probably look into, you know, what if you have like a crab apple growing in your in your front yard, you know, that could potentially be an attractant to wildlife animals. And you need to be able to like move that stuff out of there so that you're not bringing them into those precarious situations where they're going to want to feed on it. And then... Um, simple things like barbecue drip pans not leaving those out <laughs> you know it's just you need to talk to my husband to be, nissa <laughs> <laughs> it's just trying to be you know conscious of uh, effort you know trying to reduce the attractants so that you know we're not jeopardizing their safety yeah. uh, let alone ours right what do you do if if you know you're walking on a path and there's a black bear ah yeah <laughs> That's, that's kind of a tough situation to handle, I think, for just about anybody. But I think, obviously, the first thing you have to do is just remain calm. Uh, generally, the best way to go about the situation is to maintain a safe distance. And that can be about 300 feet from, I would say, a black bear or even a grizzly bear. Um, and you just use a very calm, reassuring voice. That actually settles an animal that's a little bit on the alerted side of things. <laughs> Don't um, eat me. And then, it, you know, me. just backing away slowly. The worst thing you can, you can do with any type of large predator is to turn your back and, like, hightail it out of there. Okay. So it's always best to, you know, face the animal talk calmly to it and then try to put as much distance between you and the bear as quickly as you can. Okay, Nissan, I have to ask you, does the same hold true for geese? Because I'm not sure talking calmly to geese will do anything. And I have to ask you because, my gosh, it's that time of year. There's yes. there's geese nesting and, and, and goslings being hatched all over the place. There's yeah. there's restaurants in town that have their patios closed. My my son works at a restaurant in, in Sherwood Park, and he's got to dodge a uh, big goose every morning. He hates the darn things. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and and you know their their attitudes are like you know to the tenth level right now because they're in parenting stage. You know, normally they have they've selected an area, and sometimes it's not the most convenient area, like the patio for a restaurant, <laughs> and they've chosen that area because it's you know in their mind it's most prime for their nest, and they'll stay there for probably at least a month or so, even after the uh, the goslings are oh hatched. Gosh. So again, you just give them that space. And, and I, I did hear about that story. I think it was like for a Boston pizza that had yeah. the, the goose on their patio. And I think what they did was awesome. You know, the manager said, you know, we're just going to keep the patio closed until they, they, they leave the area. And I think that's, that's the best way to go about well, it in terms of confronting a goose. I think you're supposed to just like, not like, engage with it no. and like point your finger or something like that. Yeah. You're supposed to like mimic the, the neck of a goose. <laughs> That's right. I've got, I've got some, I've got an, ex- I've got a, a, a guy uh, coming up and uh, some audio from a fellow who explains what to do exactly if you run into a goose. Cause here's the thing, people think, oh no, it's just a bird. I mean, but they're yeah. big, strong, yeah. nasty things. They are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and the when other- they have an attitude, you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> it can get pretty hairy. <laughs> they start, they start hissing at you. You run the other other way. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the things about geese too and, and, and those nests, they're protected, aren't they? Like you cannot move them if, if, if it, no. no, it's protected under what the, the Migratory Act or something like that? Yeah, the Migratory Birds Act is actually, it's illegal to disturb a nest, you know, once it's, it's been set in place by, by an animal. So again, they, the, the managers of that local restaurant were just following um, what everyone rules, should yeah. do. And, and I think they handled it really in a really great manner. And so from what I understand, too, when it comes to geese, and, uh, you know, we and guaranteed within the next week or two, there'll be traffic stopped on some roadway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, because someone is trying to, you know, they, there's geese trying to get across. Because they try, once the, the goslings are hatched, they try to get to water within a couple of days, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay, they, then so they that's when you see the whole little chain of uh, geese going down there. All right. Um, anything else that you think people should know right now? I mean, the bear thing is one thing. One of the challenges with the bear thing and um, adult bears, there's no place for adult bears to be rehabilitated in Alberta and only one organization that accepts orphan bear cubs in the province. Um, so, you know, that was another part of that story. But uh, it's, been, it's been fascinating to see springtime in Alberta. Woo! Fun times. <laughs> Fun times. Uh, keeping you busy too, Nissa. Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care now. All right. Coming up to 3.50 on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. Have you had a run-in with a goose? Do you remember last year that former police officer who uh, was helping a goose uh, go across a roadway and it, he got too close to it and it, it just like lunged at him, knocked it, knocked him to the ground, um, almost hit his head right off the curb. But he said, you know, I was a, I was a police officer for like 30 years, and this was worse than any of the bar fights that I had to break up. Um, you know, as I mentioned, my son works out at the brew house in Sherwood Park, and last year he had to dodge one every day trying to get into the and get into work. It was it was a battle of wits right there. <laughs> I might add that the goose won. <laughs> I love you, son. Um, but anyway, I have some advice. There's a guy who has actually said, okay, if you um, come face-to-face with one of those things, with one of those geese, he's got exactly how you're supposed to deal with it. I'll play it for you coming up. Do you remember it was uh, June of last year? 
And it was a guy, a person on Twitter who had tweeted the following. It said, I work with a guy from Mexico who doesn't speak a lot of English. A Canadian goose made a nest by one of the paddock gates and hissed at him while he was putting his horses out or was putting the horses out. He comes back to us afterwards and says, I do not like the cobra chicken. <laughs> I love that. Um, and actually, if you, if you Google cobra chicken, that the whole thing comes up. It was liked like half a million times, retweeted a hundred thousand times. And then they got close to it and unfortunately disturbed the goose, but it was fine. But this is what a wildlife specialist says. And John, I'm going to get your phone call in just a second. Um, if you have a run in with a goose, especially a nesting goose, one that's on the eggs, this is what you're supposed to do to deal with the cobra chickens. All right. So if a goose is starting to hiss at you, if you're starting to see that tongue, the first thing you should do, score yourself with a goose in point. This becomes your goose neck. You point right at the beak. That will settle the goose down. It assumes that you are a bigger goose. If it continues to come at you, back away with your finger on the goose, like pointing at the goose. If it becomes close enough that it's going to slap you or make contact, push it away gently, firmly. Let it know that you're not going to be pushed around. Uh, that won't hurt the goose, but it will settle things down. So square yourself, stick your arm out. So you got to like, it's like a big long neck and point at it. Pointing at the goose is supposed to help. Hi, John. Uh, hi there, Jay. How are you? Oh, wow. If I got a story for you. Uh, let me tell you, that certainly does not work when they're flying. <laughs> So, uh, I'm an HVAC mechanic, and uh, I was told that the nest had been uh, abandoned, that the goslings had all grown up, but there must have been one more there when I was on this roof, and I came to the edge of the roof, I looked over to see if I could see the goose anywhere. This thing must have been about 200 yards away from me, and as soon as it saw me on the roof, it just beelined for me. I unfortunately had someone else on the roof with me, so they were getting down the ladder. As I turn around, this goose is literally beating me and pecking me in the air with its wings. I'm punching this thing, which felt like a giant pillow. It was like it was it was crazy, crazy. How'd you get? Okay, how'd you get away? Did it stop, or did you just finally get down the ladder? Well, finally, it, it stopped like ten feet away, and then you know charged me off down the ladder like it ran me off oh my gosh all right so now you have to remember you've got a point you have to square yourself and point <laughs> yeah yeah I, i'm pretty sure jay that uh, pointing wouldn't have worked in that <laughs> thanks for sharing john appreciate it Thanks. <laughs> there you go. I have to laugh because my Air Force squadron that I'm the honorary colonel of is 408 Tactical Helicopter Squadron, also known as Goose Squadron. So every time I see a goose fly over, I scream our model. It's like, and it's for freedom. So, and we live on a goose path. So every time it goes by, I'm like, for freedom! And my husband says, you know, you only need to do, need to do that once a year, but I do it every time they fly by. Uh, your story's about, um, I don't know, if you have a goose story, let me know. I should get my kid on the phone. If you have a goose story, let me know if you've had a run-in with some wildlife that you want to share. would love to hear that as well. Sarah says, Jay, I live in St. Albert near one of those man-made lakes. Yeah, they are great to watch, but don't get too close. They uh, just start yelling at you. And Paul says, Jay, there's video on Facebook of an aggressive goose that was attacking people. A woman walked up to it, grabbed it by the neck, and walked and, and walked it away from the area. Like, grabbed hold of the goose and walked away. Not all heroes... Wear capes.